Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. You know, I'm honored that um, from your home or from right here in the room, people would join us for church this time of year. Hey, if you were here last week, I introduced to you the theme for Destiny Church for the year, the theme or the word, and the word is transform. And you're going to begin to see that all over this building over the next few weeks. You're going to see this word transform or this idea of transformation happening all over this building. But as I said even last week, and I want to remind you today, this is not just a theme for a year. This is really, I believe, a directive from the Lord for us to, as a church, shift culture in our church. Because here's one of the things I really hear the Lord saying, we can no longer be just a go-to-church-on-Sunday-morning type of church. We can no longer be that. We are called as a church to make disciples. We are called to be disciples. Did you know every single one of you in this room are called to be a disciple? You're called to go for more than just a Sunday morning experience or a Sunday morning relationship with Jesus. We are called to all be disciples. We are called to grow as believers. We are called to mature Another thing we're called to is community. We're called to do life with each other. And I believe as we do life together in community, we find ourselves transformed. And so that's one of the things I want to see us do is transform the culture here at Destiny Church in 2021. And one of the ways that I really believe that spiritual transformation takes place is by spiritual disciplines. I don't have time to break down all of what spiritual disciplines are or any of that other than to say, here's what I want you to hear. I believe that spiritual disciplines are intentional ways that we can open up space in our lives for God to move. Spiritual disciplines are intentional ways that we can open up space in our lives to see God move. And I'm convinced if we're going to see transformation in our lives this year, if we're going to see transformation in our homes If we're going to see transformation in our church, I believe spiritual disciplines are essential. Because here's what I've I've learned in my life. The more time you keep with Jesus, or the more company you keep with Jesus, the more you will see yourself transformed in the image of who God created you to be. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more company, listen, that's why I said we can't just be a Sunday morning church. We're not called to just go to church on Sunday mornings because if so, then we're shallow in our relationship with the Lord. It's beyond that. It's beyond Sunday morning. Sunday morning's a part, but Sunday morning's not everything. We need to be in relationship with Jesus every day. And the more time we keep with him, the more we will see ourselves transformed into who he created us to be. So what I want to do for the next three weeks is I'm really excited about talking to you guys about spiritual disciplines and spiritual transformation. And really what I want to talk with you guys the next three weeks very specifically is we're going to talk about prayer and fasting. Because in 2021, I want you all to be able to hear the voice of the Lord. Today as a church, we kick off 21 days of prayer and fasting. And some of you are like, oops, I already blew it. That's all right. You know, but we kick off 21 days of prayer and fasting. One of the things we are offering this year is our team, um, our creative team put together a journal for you. And in the past, we've maybe done a journal and given you a devotional, but this year what I ask our team to do is I ask all of our staff to throw out a scripture or two that means something to them concerning the voice of the Lord, getting direction from the Lord. And so 
in this journal this year, you're going to have some scriptures from our team and maybe a question or a, a moment of reflection for you. And there's 21 days. You start today. I'm asking all of us as a church to grab one booklet. And uh, if we need to print more, we'll print more. But I'm asking you to grab one of these booklets. And I'm asking you to every day spend a moment with the Lord, reading one of these verses, reflecting on it, and asking the Lord, what is he trying to say to you through the word, through scripture, through prayer? I'm asking all of us to do that. And I'm also asking you to spend some time daily in prayer and in devotion. Um, spend time with your family. Maybe you bring this out at the dinner table every night and read that scripture. And what do you think of? What do you reflect on? Do that as a family. I promise you, if you'll spend 21 days at the beginning of this year with the Lord, it'll change your entire year. I'd also like to ask, and here's this word all of us hate to hear, fasting. That's not one of the most enjoyable church terms. We are called to a fast, you know. I just want this to get over real fast. You know, I think that's what a lot of us think. But this year I'm asking us for the next 21 days from today, January the 10th, until January 30th, 21 days, to spend some time not only in prayer but in some fasting. In the past we've said, hey, we're going to do 21 days and you can do a Daniel fast or whatever that looks like. And we've tried to give you a little bit of instruction. But this year I really just want to ask you not so much about what you want to fast, but I want to ask us corporately as a church, every Wednesday night for the next three weeks, every Wednesday for the next three weeks, I've called our entire church to a whole fast, just on Wednesdays. Now, my family, myself, I'm going to fast some very specific things all 21 days, as I know some of you will. Some of you look forward to this every year. But I'm asking our entire church every Wednesday to do a whole fast, from sunup to sundown, fast. What's that look like? That means I don't eat. That means more than just, okay, I'm not going to look at social media for those 12 hours. No, I'm asking us to not eat food. You can drink water, you can drink juice, whatever, you can have your coffee, but I'm asking for those three Wednesdays only. Give 12 hours of that. I know you got to go to work. I know you have school, those kind of things, but on those three Wednesdays, could you not eat? And when you get time, could you spend that in prayer and in your word and asking the Lord, what is he saying? And then to conclude that night, every Wednesday, 6.30 to 7.30, we're going to have prayer here at the church. Every Wednesday, we're joining with our students. Moms and dads, I know that typically you don't come out on Wednesday nights. That's the night you send your students. But for the next three weeks, the 13th, the 20th, and the 27th, moms and dads, can you set the tone and can you lead the way? And if all of us will come expecting, I believe that God's going to do something powerful. We're going to have a moment of worship, and then we're going to have a teaching. This Wednesday night, Pastor Steve and Pastor Brooke will be teaching on how to hear the voice of the Lord for yourself. We're going to take about 10 minutes for that, and then we're going to break into groups. We can socially distance and all of that, and you can wear a mask. But we're going to split into groups of about 8 to 10 people around this worship center, adults and students together. And we're just going to begin to pray and ask, how do we hear the voice of the Lord? And you're going to say things that maybe, hey, I want to hear the voice of the Lord for my family. And we're going to pray over that as a group. And at the end, we're going to come together as one family, and we're going to pray over three or four specific things. And we're going to do this in about an hour. And so we're asking you for the next three weeks come out on Wednesday nights. If you want to set the tone for 2021, I ask you to come out for prayer. Remember what I told you last week. If you want this to be the best year of your life spiritually, I believe this needs to be the, if you want this to be the best year of your life, it has to be the best year of your life spiritually. And so I'm asking you to do that this year. Give us the next three Wednesday nights. Give God the next three Wednesday nights. Give your family the next three Wednesday nights and watch what God does. Hey, I'm getting ready to preach to you on what is prayer. 
Um, but before we do that, let's pray. Father, I ask you in these next few moments, if you would be in this room, I already know you're here. Holy Spirit, you've already moved. You've already walked through this room. But I ask today that you help me set the tone for a year. And may this be a year where we truly become a church that is transformed by prayer. And God, would you speak to me and would you give us all ears to hear. We love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. How many of you by raise of hands would tell me, Pastor Chad, I'm a Christian, but my prayer life could use a little work. How many raise your hand? I'm a Christian, but my prayer life, yeah, the majority of us in this room would have to say, I'm a believer, but my prayer life could use a little bit of help. I'm a pastor, but my hand, I got both hands raised, both feet raised, and I'm jumping. Whatever it says, I could use some help in my prayer life. My prayer life isn't every day what I want it to be. One of the things that I notice about my prayer life is my prayer life can sometimes be selfish. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like I can give my laundry list of needs to God and feel like I accomplished my task for the day and I prayed and then I just go about and just kind of just leave it to the Lord. But many of us, we struggle in prayer. But listen to me, I believe prayer is one of the most basic, simple spiritual disciplines there are, yet it's one of the most difficult things we do. I think prayer, let me say it this way, I think prayer should be simple, but we make it hard. So a lot of us, we go through life, we love God. And we're believers, and we've got our ticket punched, and we're on our way to heaven, but we're part-time in prayer, or some of us, our prayer life is completely non-existent. So what I want to do today for the next few moments is I want to try to simplify prayer for us. Let me start off by giving you my working definition of what prayer is, and you'll see this on the screen. But I believe prayer is all the ways that we communicate and commune with God. I believe prayer. Prayer is more than kneeling. Prayer is more than putting my hands together. Prayer is more than putting some music on and saying, Lord, I'm going to talk to you for the next few moments. Prayer is all the ways we communicate and commune with God. When I say communicate, I'm talking about words or even sometimes nonverbal words, nonverbal actions. But commune is beyond words. It's how we spend our time with Him. It's simple, yet I believe it's so hard. And so for the next few weeks on Sundays and Wednesdays, That's what I want to talk to you about. I want to teach you. We want to teach you on how to communicate and commune with God. And so today, and you'll see this, I believe it's in day 7 or day 10, you're going to see today's verses in your prayer journal. But I want to talk with you about a prayer that David prayed in Psalm chapter 5, verse 1 through 3. We've never looked at this prayer as a church. But this prayer shows me that not only do I have access to God, But this this prayer really shows me that my prayers don't have to fit into a box. This prayer shows me that I don't have to look like anyone else when I pray. I just need to to pray. And so if you have your Bible, turn with me to Psalm chapter 5, verse 1. I'm going to read from the Good News translation today, or it will also be on the screen. Let's look at it. David says this, Listen to my words, O Lord, and hear my sighs. Now, I'll tell you, I've oftentimes, when I've read this verse, I read through Psalms a lot. It's one of my favorite things to do in a year. I love reading through the book of Psalms. But I've noticed the first part of this verse a lot. Listen to my words. How many of you have ever prayed a prayer like that? Oh, God, hear me. Anybody, has anybody ever, am I the only one that asked? Show me. Raise your hands if you've ever prayed a prayer like that. God, hear my words. We've all prayed a prayer like that. Lord, hear my words. God, I need you to hear me. Hey, God, are you listening? 
hey, God, tune in right here. I got a big need. And we say things like that. God, hear my words. God, listen to me. But the second part of this verse is different. And I've, and I've read it, but I've really never paid attention to it. And he says, Lord, listen to my words, but Lord, hear my sighs. Did you know you can communicate with God with a sigh? Did you know that you can communicate with God with a, oh. You can communicate to God with a groan. You can communicate to God with a deep breath. It's like I knew that, but I didn't know that at the same time. I've never walked into prayer and said, God, I'm just going to sigh today. I know maybe we felt like doing that sometimes as parents. You know, maybe God's up in heaven doing the same thing back at us. I don't know. But I just, here's what I want you to, you don't always have to have the right words when you pray. In fact, you don't always have to have words. Romans 8, 26 says this. This is from the Amplified Version. This is what it says. In the same way the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weaknesses. Listen to what it says. We do not know what to offer. We do not we do know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should. But the Spirit himself knows our need, and at the right time, listen, he intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings that are too deep for words. I want you to hear me. God understands your groans, your deep breaths, your sighs, your anxiety, your fears. God understands it. How many of you in this room are married? Raise your hand if you're married, all right? How many of you have ever had your spouse sigh around you? Now listen, if you're in tune with your spouse, which sometimes men, sometimes we are, a lot of times we aren't, all right? And I got one amen from a lady, all right? So, but uh, it's like when you're with your spouse, sometimes they can, and you can understand that sigh. Sometimes you know that it's a sigh right towards you, and there's some frustration and some angst, and it's like, you better learn this lesson. But other times you can hear a sigh, and you know it's a moment of like just relaxing, and they're just like sitting down. Other times you can hear a sigh, like maybe when you come in and you hug them, and they've had a long day, and they're just, it's just a, it's just a sigh of comfort. Just as you know sometimes the way your spouse sighs or your child spies, sighs, I want you to understand that in a very real sense, you can communicate to God with a sigh. He understands. He never misinterprets the sighs that are in you. So David says, God, you're such a good father that even when I sigh or breathe deeply or when I don't even have words, that's what he's saying here, is you understand me and you acknowledge what I'm saying. Look at verse 2. I love this. He says, listen to my cry for help, my God and my king. Here's what I want you to see here. In this verse, God, David is acknowledging that God is something more than a Sunday morning God. David is acknowledging that God is somebody he knows intimately. David is what he's saying here is this is more than some God he heard about in a message or online or read about in a book. This is a God that he has personal, intimate knowledge with. And he says, you're my God and you're my king. And I know that you hear me. I know that you know my prayers. And so 
Here's something I want you to hear today. For your prayers to have any oomph behind them, or for, for your prayers to have any power behind them, I believe you have to know God intimately. You're saying, Pastor Chad, if I pray and I don't know God intimately, he's never going to hear my prayers. No, it's not what I'm saying. But I believe the closer I get to the Lord, the more my prayers have power. The more my prayers have authority. So David says, listen to my cry for help. You're my God and you're my king. But verse 3 is one of the most beautiful statements I think anybody has ever said in the Bible. I pray to you, O Lord, and listen to what he says, and you hear my voice. You hear my voice. I want you to reflect on this for a moment. I want everybody to just close your eyes for just a moment. And I want you to hear this. I pray to you, O Lord, and you hear my voice. Here's what I want you to think about with your eyes closed. Think about the fact that God hears you when you pray. And if you can grab a hold of that, I believe that this could be life changing for all of us all right if you can look back up here god listen to me the creator and the sustainer of the universe hears your voice when you pray he hears your voice when you pray david goes on to say you hear my voice and he says and i offer my prayer to you in other words what david says is hey i pray and he says and i lay my requests before you. I lay my prayers at your feet. I offer my sigh. I offer my groan. I offer my words. I offer my anxieties, my cares, my worries, my hurts, my deepest need. I offer it before you. But listen what he says. I offer it before you and I wait for your answer. I think all too often as we throw it before the Lord, but we don't wait. But I believe that what David is saying here is I wait expectantly. I believe that you've heard me. I believe that you're going to respond. I wait. I throw my prayer before you, and I don't just say, okay, I got it off my chest. God, now I'm moving on, or I'm going to try to figure it out myself. David says, I throw it out to you, and I wait expectancy. David's saying, I don't even have to have the right words to say. I know that you love me so much and you care for me so much that whatever I pray to you, number one, you hear me, and number two, I know that you're going to answer. Now listen to me, God doesn't always answer the way you want him to, but I believe that he hears and I believe he answers. So David's like, I'm waiting in expectancy. That's a powerful statement. I'm waiting expectantly for you. And I believe in 2021, if we're going to see God transform our lives, this is a place that all of us have to get to. We have to, and listen, you can't get to the place where you truly expect God to answer if all you do is go to church on Sunday. If we're going to truly get to the place where we know that God hears us, it has to be a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week relationship. Where we know that we know that we know that we know that God hears me and that God answers. And listen, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. Hey, we believe that God's going to deliver us. But if he doesn't, I still believe. And I'm going to wait expectantly. So why do I share this prayer of David with us today? Because number one, I believe this prayer is different. David says a lot of prayers. When you read the book of Psalm, you're going to see that David reads, has a lot of prayers this one's not his most eloquent prayer. It's not real specific. 
It's not one of his most bold or dangerous prayers. It's simply David communicating with his heavenly father. And I want you to know that God isn't looking for you to pray a certain way. God isn't looking for you to pray like I pray. God isn't looking for you to pray like your parents or some saint in the church. There's no proper, like, method or place that I have to pray. I don't have to, like, okay, I'm going to pray now. i got to kneel. No, there's no correct posture physically. I think it's really about the posture of our hearts. And so, so David is just has this right posture, and he's just praying. I think, I, I think what God's saying is, hey, you can pray anywhere, anytime, any place. I hear your prayers. If, if you pray best with the guitar in your hands, then pray with the guitar in your hands. If you pray best with an ink pen and a pad of paper, then write out that prayer. If you pray best beside your bed, then pray there. If you pray best in your car in a morning, on a morning in rush hour traffic, I think God's just saying to us what I hear when I read prayers like this is God's just wanting us to communicate and commune with Him. And so for the last few minutes today, what I want to do is I want to give you four ways that I believe we can communicate and commune with God. If our prayer life is going to be transformed in 2021, I want to give you four ways that I believe we need to pray. Four ways I believe we need to pray. Number one, I believe we need to learn how to pray with gut-level honesty. We need to learn how to pray with gut-level honesty. God doesn't need pretense. God doesn't need you to try to be somebody else when you pray. God isn't looking for you to be somebody else. God's asking you to come with him, to him with your deepest hurts, your deepest desires, your deepest dreams. I feel like oftentimes many of us, I don't know why I've been here myself, I feel like sometimes we come to this place where we don't feel like we can offer God our deepest hurts and deepest disappointments. It's like I can't really be honest with God. But I believe if there's anybody, I mean the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart, David when he would come to the Lord in prayer, I mean, he's like, God, hear me. They're all trying to kill me. God, is life, life is awful. He's, he's, why? I believe David was so close to the Lord that he could throw out his hurts, his pains, his celebrations, his joys, his wins, his losses. I believe God wants you to come to him with your deepest hurt, your deepest pain, your deepest disappointment. Be honest with God when you pray. Don't hide. Don't hide your emotions. In fact, I believe the Bible really shows us that God wants us to come boldly to him. Look at Hebrews 4.16. So let us come boldly to the throne of the gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. This verse tells us you can come boldly to God, but not only can you come boldly, what this verse tells me, is this verse tells me when I come boldly, I know that he hears me. Well, Pastor Chad, why do you say he hears me? Well, it says come boldly and at that place he, you will receive mercy and he will help you find grace when you need it most. How many of you know grace doesn't just forgive me or save me of sins? Sometimes I just need grace in my soul. God hears us when we pray. But I believe also one of the biggest reasons many of us don't come to God with disappointments and hurts when we pray is because we believe that if I come to him with my deepest hurt, my deepest pain, we're going to leave that prayer time disappointed. Because we believe that God's not going to answer. Or that God's not going to respond. Or that he won't hear me. Because my prayer's not eloquent enough. I don't pray like Pastor Chad. I don't pray like that great prayer warrior in the church. Listen to me, God doesn't need you to pray like me. God doesn't, there's no right method 
God doesn't need you to have eloquent words. God just needs you to come to him and communicate with him with gut level honesty. God is looking for you to pray, but people say, well, I just don't believe that God hears me, or I don't believe that God will respond. Listen to what Psalm 34 says. Is anyone crying for help? Listen, God is listening, ready to rescue you. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. Listen to what it says there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. This morning, that's where I believe some of us were. We felt like we'd been kicked in the gut and we're depressed and we're anxious and we're emotionally fatigued. God wants to help you catch your breath. God listens. God responds. So when you're hurting and when you're in pain, come to God with gut level honesty. God is listening and God is ready to rescue you. I don't know about you, but that's a powerful statement. And if we can get a hold of that in 2021, I believe it'll transform us. God, I'm hurting today, but I know you're going to hear me and I'm going to lift up my need to you. Why? Because I know you're going to respond. Go to God in prayer. So today I have a couple of questions for you that what areas of your, what areas of your life have you been avoiding talking to God about in prayer? What areas of your life have you just kind of compartmentalized and said, God, I, I can't give you that because I'm, I'm afraid of what you'll do or say? Or another question, what emotions do you ignore in prayer? Because you see, I think a lot of us feel like we've got to come to God with it all together. Another scripture in Psalm 51 says, David, David praying this, he's like, God, you don't reject the broken and the disheartened. God hears your prayers. God hears, number one, come to God with gut-level honesty. Number two, if you're taking notes today, the second thing we need to learn how to do is we need to learn to pray to God about everything that matters to us. Let me ask you a question. What matters to you? I want you to think about it. What matters to you? I know as I say that, things start popping to your mind. What matters to you? Then talk to God about it. What matters to you? Talk to God about it. Scripture is very clear. Philippians 4, 6 says this, don't be anxious about anything but in, what's the next line here? Don't be anxious about anything but in every, everybody say that word, every. Don't be anxious about anything but in, say it again, in every situation. How many of you guys compartmentalize your life and you've got the things that you know God needs to handle, but you've got the things that are your responsibility? Listen to me, there's no responsibility on your end outside of what God will already do. Go to God with every single situation in your life. The big things, the small things, the medium things, the insignificant things, that I got this on my own kind of things, I don't need God's help. No, go to God in every situation by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving. And then what's our responsibility? Present our requests to God. Every single one of them. What matters to you? Well, I got headaches. Then talk to God about it. My marriage is hurting. Then talk to God about it. My son or daughter is running away from God. Then talk to God about it. I'm anxious about COVID. Then talk to God about it. I'm anxious about culture. I'm anxious. I mean, who wouldn't be anxious about what's happening in our world today? And I'll tell you, I mean, I'm typically a news guy. I'm, I'm having to turn it off. I can't watch it. If I sit there and watch it and listen to what everybody says, I get anxious and I think, oh, Lord, what's going to happen in our world? But I know I, my help doesn't come from this world. My help comes from abo above, right? 
So I can't get so consumed with what's happening in the media. I talked to friends from across the nation this week just about what's happening around our world. I talked with my white friends, my black friends, and, every, and colors in between. I was like, God, what's going on in your world? And everybody's like, man, I just happened to give this to God. Go to God in every single situation. Talk to God about everything. Whatever's important to you, talk to God about it. You know, one of the reasons I believe we need to talk to God about every situation is because I believe when we talk to God about every situation, we're showing God, I'm dependent upon you. I think the problem with us as believers is today we're too dependent on self or government or the church. Too dependent on the schools, too dependent on my job. No, we need to be dependent upon the Lord. Talk to God about everything. I love it when my kids come to me and talk to me. I love it when my kids are dependent on me. Today, Tasha and I, our seven-year, our, our little Malik, our youngest, turned seven today. And I love it when he's like, can, we, can I come sleep in your bed? Not all the time do I want that, but sometimes you just want to know that they just want to be there. Because how many know the teenagers aren't wanting to come and hang out in mom and dad's bed anymore? <laughs> but the seven-year-old, will you make a pallet in your floor for me tonight? Yes, I will. I love it when my kids want to talk to me because here's one thing I'm beginning to figure out. As your kids get older, they're not as dependent on you, and they don't want to talk to you as much. And when I was thinking about this this week, I was thinking about, I think sometimes we think we're getting older and we don't need to talk to God so much. Listen, I'm still a child, and I need to crawl up in my daddy-father's lap and say, God, I need to talk to you. I'm dependent on you. I need to hear from you. What do you have for me? We need to talk to God about everything. In God's eyes, you're still his little boy. You're still his little girl. Get up in his lap and talk to your father about everything, everything, everything. Pray about it. Number three, we need to learn to pray continually. We need to learn to pray continually. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17 says, Rejoice always. And how does it say to pray? Pray continually. Rejoice always. Pray continually. The King James says pray without ceasing. Pray continually. What does this mean to pray continually? Does this mean, I mean, I, this is what I wrestled with. When the first time I read this when I was a kid, I thought, God, do you need me to, like, be on my knees and my hands in an upright position in my head? Is that what you need me to do all the time? God's going to be a little difficult at school. Or I remember my grandpa Blancet and my grandma, I remember watching them pray. I remember watching my parents pray, but I remember when I read that scripture for the first time, I thought, am I going to have to like go to school like my grandpa and walk? My grandpa, when he prayed, he'd always kind of hold his Bible on his chest. I remember that. And he'd pace back and forth. And I thought, God, you know, going to school, I'm praying, pray continually. No, that's not what God's saying. Again, it's not about a position. It's not about this. It's, it's about the condition of your heart. When I think what God's saying is when he says pray continually, is for me, I used to, I'd like pray in the morning and it was like I'd go about my day. No, I think God's saying I want you to keep me on your mind all day long. When you pray, it's not just, hey, I did my 30 minutes, I did my hour, I did my 10 minutes, I did my 15. It's all day long be in prayer. God, why do you think about this? I find myself... When I am closer to the Lord, I find myself driving down the road and thinking, man, God, that's beautiful. Thank you. So it's just, it's communication and communion. 
It's just constant back and forth all day long. God, thank you for this. Hey, God, I need wisdom in this moment. God, I'm getting ready to go into a staff meeting, and I need your wisdom. It's not just, hey, I'm going to throw out a blanket prayer and hope it covers everything for the day. It's all day long praying continually as a teacher, as a student, getting ready to walk into a test. God, I just need you. I didn't study, but God, could you help me pass this test? Just to see, just to see, whatever it takes. No, pray continually. I believe one of the greatest misconceptions we have in the church world today is that I don't need God continually. That I can do the majority of my day without God. Listen to what Colossians 1.16 says. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank and rank after rank of angels. This one says, everything got started in him and find its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence. And listen, he holds it all together. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does the body. Here's Why, why do I say to use this prayer right now? Because I believe that the presence of God is essential to everything we do all day long. And if we have this misconception in our mind that says, I only need to pray 10 minutes or an hour a day and then I can do my life, I think it's a wrong misconception. I need God continually. So therefore, I need to pray continually. Listen, if you'll catch this, if you'll allow your prayer life to be changed in 2021 to where it's not like, I have to give him 15 minutes and then I'm good with my day. I would rather you say, hey, wake up in the morning, God, it's me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to journey through this day with you. God, I'm on my way to work. Some of you are like, I need your help when I'm driving because I'm not real good, you know. But I mean, I think we need, I think if you could just go through the day talking with God, it would change your life. Pray continually. So what is prayer? Prayer is communication and communion with God. So when I'm praying, I need to learn how to pray to God with gut level honesty. I need to learn to pray to God with, about everything that matters to me. I need to pray continually. And number four, and this will even lead us to this Wednesday night. Number four, I believe this is probably the most important thing I'm going to tell you today. We have to learn to listen for his response. John 10, 27 says this, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Jesus said, My sheep know my voice. And they listen. Here's, here's the most important thing I can tell you today. I want you to catch this. I want you to write it down. Prayer is not just one-way communication. Remember when I started out and I read Psalm chapter 5, verse 1, and David said, Oh, Lord, hear my prayers. I think that's really where a lot of us do is we just kind of rattle off our list of prayers, our list of requests, and think we're good for the day, but we don't listen, we don't wait, we don't wait expectantly. Prayer is two-way communication. And honestly, I'm learning more and more. Here's what I'm learning more and more. I think your prayer life changes as you get older, as you get closer to the Lord. I think your prayer life begins to change because I'm beginning to realize that prayer is really less of me talking and more of me listening. He knows my needs. I'm not saying don't present them. That's, we see that in multiple places in Scripture. Present your request to God. But I think prayer is really less of me talking and more of me making myself available to listen to his response. Listen. I want you to hear me as I close. The God we serve is a communicating God. The God we serve is a communicating God. He speaks. It might be in a still small voice. 
It might be through his word. It might be through an audible voice. It might be through a family member or a friend. It might be through a message. It might be through a circumstance. But our God, the God we serve, is a communicating God. And if we're going to experience transformation in 2021, we're not only going to have to learn how to talk to God, but we're going to have to learn how to listen for his response. Let me say it again. If 2021 is going to bring transformation to our lives, we're going to have to learn how to listen for his response. We're going to have to learn how to listen. Even today, everybody say today. Even today, God wants to speak something to you right here, right now. You know, if I could tell you one of my greatest wishes for Destiny Church is when we sit down and like on a Wednesday night have a prayer meeting and I ask people at the end, hey, what's God saying to you? I wish every single person would say, this is what God's saying to me. Because I want you to understand and to know that when Jesus died on the cross and when that veil was ripped in two, you no longer had to have a priest to advocate or stand before God for you. You personally can stand before God and he wants to answer and he wants to speak to you. The God we serve is a communicating God and he listens when you pray and he responds when you pray. But we have to learn how to listen. I believe today that God wants to speak something to every single one of us in this room. Me, Pastor Chad? Yes, you. Online, he wants, yes, you, watching online. On the worship team, yes. I believe God wants to speak to every single one of us. Here's what I feel like the Lord's saying. For some of us today, it's going to be a word of direction. One of my favorite scriptures, you're going to see it in the journal, Psalm, or Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. He is the voice behind us telling us which direction to go. For some of you, God's going to be a voice of direction. For some of you, God wants to speak something to your life that could change not only your family, but your family for generations. Some of you, God wants you just to hear He loves you. Somebody needs to hear that today. In your heart and in your mind and in your ears, you need to hear God say, I love you. For somebody today, God wants to heal you emotionally. He just wants to say, I got your back. For some of you, it could just be a word of encouragement. God wants to talk to you today. I believe beyond the shadow of any doubt that the God we serve is a communicating God and He wants to talk to you every day. Not just once, not just one time a week. I believe that God, if we will listen, He will give us wisdom and direction as we walk throughout the day. God hears you when you pray and if you listen, He will respond. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.